Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Hamilton almost steals the ball, now tips it away and does steal it. Hamilton front court, Hamilton underneath to Williams, lob for the slam, go! Cross-court pass, McCabe open for a three. McCabe's three is good, great pass from Bryce Hamilton. Rebels steal the inbounds pass, Mike Nuga up ahead to Hamilton, Hamilton with the slam, dunk! It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Wednesday. You heard it, Cofield and Company. Adam Candy's here as the company. It's Cofield in our Finley Toyota Studios. It's our a big day of sports news to get into. I'm sure more breaking news as the afternoon goes along. A lot on the NFL coaching front. Certainly concerning the Raiders with uh, rumors hot and heavy about someone other than Ritz Basaccia being the head coach moving forward with the Raiders. We'll get to that later on. Knights continue to struggle, sort of. Pete DeBoer last night with a walk-off during the press conference. We'll hit that in just a little bit as well. And a ton of good guests coming up, including our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider, Justin Watkins, in about 30 minutes. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Candy, what up? Man, it's been a long trip. Just got back from uh, enjoying a little bit of hockey down in Miami. Good game last night. Did you check out the Panthers game? Well, I want to get to the Panthers game here. No, I'm just, I, 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 let's, let's do it right now. Let's, let's yeah? do it right now. Okay. Because let's, let's, yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do it right, right now because I don't know what was going on. Uh, I mean, I'm a, a fan of the script clubs. And, man, if you can bring more of that to live hockey games in the NHL, because you know deep down that's what the fans want. I'm sure there are a lot of fans – who were like, Kodak, what, Black, who? Uh, deep down, their inner urges are like, oh, yeah, I want me some of that. So what the hell was going on last night? Well, you have to understand, hockey Twitter is a place that I like to frequent, and I don't think it was ready for what had happened last night. Um, <laughs> we just want hockey. None of the fanfare going on in the arena and the shows like they have at the VGK games. Well, okay, just- we're going to do we're gonna do one better. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you consider Connor McDavid to be exciting, then let me tell you about Kodak Black. Um, the <laughs> uh, the twenty four year old rapper who you might or likely might not know about uh, up until last night um, was a special guest at the Florida Panthers game and was sitting down uh, right by the ice, right up on the glass with a female companion. Uh, They featured him early in the game. He's on the Jumbotron. He waves. Everybody's having a good time. Yay! NHL hockey. Um, And then later on, there's a video that is shot basically from across the arena, but then zooms in to show that in one of the luxury suites, uh, there is a man who appears to be Kodak Black with a woman uh, who appears to be the woman who was with him bent over. And they appear to be engaging in uh, acts that would get you a minimum of a two-minute minor and likely a five-minute major, uh, depending on where you perform them inside the arena. Uh, There's a chance you could get a game misconduct, depending on exactly how far you go. It turns out, turns out, all you sickos who thought that they were having sex 
you are wrong. You are wrong. Uh, the authorities, yes, the actual authorities down in Florida said he's, quote, young and having fun. It was just twerking. Cofield, it was just twerking. That's all. Just a little twerking that got all the hockey world all fired up. Couldn't just handle a little rapper twerking going on at the game. I don't know. It sounds to me like you think this is the fan outreach that the NHL has been missing. No doubt. No doubt. It's the dog days of January. We got games the, being the, canceled all the, over the place. The, the what? The what days of January? The dog days of January in the world of hockey. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were re- referencing what's going on in that video. Sorry. <laughs> Dog days of January, mm. COVID shutdowns, mm. hockey fans need a diversion, and what's better than some hardcore twerking that appeared to be potentially, well, I guess I was going to make a joke about the peg and pegging, but now that, that the, the I, visual I saw was not nothing. I yeah. absolutely want to yeah. keep my job. Um, the, 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 the jokes were all over the place, man. I think the most common one I saw out there involved the five hole. Um, yeah, you know, lots of folks wanted to discuss. Right, I you wanted to keep scoring. What's going on here? The five hole is a hockey term. Pegging is something else. Um, it's Cofield. Come on, it's been hockey town for almost five years now. You, you You've never been to Cracker Barrel and and pegged. I've been to Cracker Barrel and enjoyed that's, some biscuits. That's what I was referencing. Biscuits, a little little peg game. Mm. Oh, I yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, you ever, yeah, you ever walk you ever walk into the gym and you look at that. Uh, that little thing that's like bolted into the wall that's got some sure. got some holes in it and you can tell that just someone that can just like you climb up the pegboard right you yep. climb up on that is that what was happening hmm? well i don't know if that's what, what was happening because those yeah. those look to me like the people who are the most in shape idiots in the world right like you're you're climbing like how in shape do you have to be and how narcissistic do you have to be to prove to everybody how in shape you are that you're that you're pegging at the gym like you're doing the pegboard thing climbing up the wall so, Ari, who is Kodak Black, and where's the music? The uh, the music doesn't make this show. I'm not a fan. Uh, Kodak Black is probably, in your world, the most famous for of- having a song called, uh, I believe, Kodak Yellow, something like that, and that is where the uh, Cardi B song that put her on the map came about. Hmm. Apparently made the show. Guess someone's not in full control of the show, huh, Candy? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to play all of my Spotify Kodak Black playlist for you. What do you think? Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Ari, the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. He picked the right one, though. Mm-hmm. What were you saying, Candy? No, I was. I was enjoy. I was enjoying the music. Mm-hmm. All right, what are you doing with the music here? Come on, bro. You keep cutting off candy. This Cut is ridiculous. Commodore sixty four is... doesn't like Kodak Black. Well, this is how he. This is how he gets his little revenge on on you, Candy. You know, you've had crosswords for Ari in the past, so he may just drop in some Kodak Black at any moment. So, uh, will, yeah. will the Panthers suffer at the hands of Gar? Oh no! Come on. Does if Bill Daly have a a terse statement on Kodak Black and the Panthers? No, if there look, if there's anyone who just by their appearance you can see is a fan of twerking, it's Gary Bettman, right? I I don't know, but I wouldn't say no for sure. Right. That's no 
I don't. I think you're actually being a little bit over the top here, Cofield. What? What you think? Gary Bettman is above twerking at a hockey game. What would be the one thing that Gary Bettman could do at a game where fans would stop booing him mercilessly? If they saw him in a luxury suite getting twerked at a Vegas Golden Knights game, that would be it. You would never hear another boo for Gary Bettman in the rest of his life. By the way, with that action last night, would that break COVID protocol in Canada right now? I believe at least one of them was masked. Is that what they're worried about with Americans coming north and fans coming to the games? I, I think all the research that we have shows that it is only transmitted when you breathe it through the air. I don't believe that there were any breathing apparatus involved. Boy, dump, 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 dump. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, while we're at it, mm. let's talk some Golden Knights from last night. They fall short. Can you know? Can can I? Can we go through just processing what happens in the NHL and the participation trophies? When you go to overtime and you lose, and you still get a point, and then you know you get to walk away without a loss. Your general feeling on that, like we've all, we've all come to accept this, but I still every time I see the result, I'm like, that hey, was a loss. I'm going to sound the oldest I've ever sounded on this show. And that's hard, but I'm going to do it. What's wrong with a tie? I grew up with the tie. I grew up going to a hockey game, and if right. they play the overtime and the game ends and it ends in a tie, everybody walks out saying, okay, you got a point, and you got a point, and we go home. Like, so why, no why not make the, the Raiders-Chargers result over the weekend a tie if neither team can score a touchdown in overtime? Why don't, why don't, we, have, why don't we have some weird tie rule in the NFL? I don't know. I've always, I just, I think it's, I think it's weird. And then the what's, so then what's the vibe after the game? Cause I don't know, listen to Pete DeBoer here. And he actually walked off at the end. He gets uh, one final question about the way the team's been playing, but he sounds disappointed. Um, he was using the excuse and it's also a fact, but it's an excuse as to why they haven't been putting up straight up wins on the board. You know, the last two and a half weeks, um, they're beat up and they've got COVID issues uh, you won't exactly hear any kind of snapping with the walk off at the end, but he did walk off. But the theme was like basically cut us a break. We're shorthanded. Well, I'm pretty proud of our group. You know, I mean, we got eight regulars out of the lineup. You know, another three guys in COVID protocol this morning, and you're missing Hag, Theo, Martinez. Uh, you know, you, we've got some young guys. We're asking a lot of back there on the back end, and. The next man up stuff's getting a little bit old. You know, you just hope it all evens out. You know, I think we've been hit harder than anybody this year, and our, our group, you know, hasn't used, used it as an excuse any night. And, uh, you know, you hope that evens out eventually. Big picture, you guys haven't played as well at home as, as this team has historically. Is there anything you can point to? Wow. I mean, have we had our team yet this year? <laughs> that was it, and then he walked off. So what would you make of that after the game? Look, Pete DeBoer answered the question. And I think the most telling part, if you're going to go inside the statement of Pete DeBoer, is the part where he said, the next man up stuff is getting a little old. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. Thank you for the honesty. Thank you for being straight with us and not just giving us the, you know what, we just, we, you know, we, we got to just keep, we got to just keep working. We got, no, this is bad. This is really bad. And Pete DeBoer's acknowledging it's really bad. And the fact that 
you had one of your best defensemen on the ice last night, and he's playing on the wrong side just to try to make it work with the guys that you do have shows how bad it is. The fourth line is basically the Henderson Silver Knights right now. So Pete DeBoer at least is being straight with us and saying, yeah, you know what? I can't even give you the next man up thing right now. And you know what? That's what we're watching. We're watching the same thing. I'll actually say this much for the Golden Knights. Getting a point out of that game, considering the talent on the other side that was going against them, I don't think it's the worst outcome you could ask for. They, I really do buy into the fact that they, between catastrophic injuries like Max Pacioretty and the constant COVID churn that everybody is facing, have responded well the last couple of nights. Well, we'll get to uh, maybe the changing world in sports. Uh, last night, New Mexico would have liked to walk away with a point. They didn't have their coach. They're down three centers. But unfortunately, in college basketball, you win or you lose, and the Lobos lost, and they lost badly. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Nylander straight in. Scores! He slowed up, and with a quick flick of the wrist, put it in the right post, and the Leafs win it in a shootout. Final score, Toronto 4 and Vegas 3. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. Conjunction, junction, how's that function? I got three favorite cards that get most of my job done. The song, exactly why Adam Candy is such a great scribe. Right, Adam? I mean, God-given ability is number one, but this is number two. God-given ability. Uh, You hear the Golden Knights call on the way back there from Dan Duva as the Knights lose. Well, in the NHL, technically, they didn't lose. But um, one team did get a win and the two points. It was Toronto. It's been a little rough of late with the Golden Knights. We'll get back to that in about... 10 minutes. Uh, we had a UNLV game in town last night. By the way, also uh, new athletic director Eric Harper was introduced today. We'll get into that a little later on and talk about some of the things that uh, he mentioned at his press conference. But uh, last night at the Thomas and Mac was pretty interesting. Uh, you know, while Pete DeBoer was talking about COVID issues and lots of injuries, uh, New Mexico certainly was dealing with a lot last night. Uh, it was kind of a mental challenge and I think a little bit of a physical challenge. Uh, last night for the Rebels. I think the mental challenge was the last uh, seven or eight days keeping sharp when they didn't know when they were going to play, how many players they would have. And when they rolled out the ball last night, it turned out everyone was able to, uh, we'll call it, opt back in with negative tests, and the Rebels had a full complement of players. While on the other side, Candy, no Richard Patino. So uh, Eric Brown, the former Menzies assistant, was running the squad with New Mexico, and they really don't have much of a squad right now because of injuries and defections and the rebels did what they were supposed to do uh there were times where they let new mexico make little runs but they got the lead out to 10 at the half and you know when you got a thin roster on the other side your job is relentless pressure on both ends of the floor i'm not talking about just the press but you know keep on top of them and eventually and i thought this happened against san diego too eventually if you're playing well the other side side should break snap and that's what happened. New Mexico, New Mexico just, I'm not going to say they gave up, but I think, you know, at, at a certain point, they're like, we're, it's not going to happen. And UNLV beats New Mexico 85 to 56. So 
moving back in the right direction, and it's at the right time because they got a bunch of games coming up with the COVID reschedules. It was the run right before the end of the first half that really impressed me about UNLV, Steve. When you have a team like New Mexico across from you, there's no option but to break their will. And, and you know how much I love my numbers, and I love to talk about analytics, and I'm not going to give you points per possession. I'm not going to talk about efficiency. I'm going to talk about the mental part of this whole thing and say, for the first 15 minutes of that game, New Mexico was doing a decent job hanging around. And I'll say more at the defensive end than at the offensive end. They were getting Bryce Hamilton to take some of those contested uh, mid-range kind of shots that are not the best. But UNLV did what it had to do right before the half. It put that run on New Mexico. It got the lead out. And that's the point where you can start to see a team like New Mexico that doesn't have its horses start to bend a little bit. Rebels put them out of their misery in the second half. And honestly, you can write those first 15 minutes off to the Rebels not having any practice time, any game time. They worked out the kinks. They got the job done. You're right. It's going to get a lot harder. But in the end, that's exactly what you have to do. Mentally, you have to bust the other team the way they did. Were you surprised that UNLV had everyone available? No. How can you be surprised? We don't know anything. We don't know anything. <laughs> we know nothing. They could have had seven players they could have had 14 players we would have had no idea going into the game yeah uh in the post-game press conference uh kevin kruger talked about it a lot that you know the air force game on saturday this past saturday was canceled because the rebels didn't have the minimum seven players allowed he had talked about hey we were going into the game potentially with seven players we're gonna have to play zone the entire time a bunch of dudes are gonna have to play 40 minutes and as he explains here uh, in this post-game bite, he was pleasantly pleasantly uh, surprised that he had everyone available and especially how they won. You also hear our morning guy, Tyler Bischoff, um, ask a question about availability. So fire this with Kevin Kruger post-game. To be blunt and put it out there, I was pretty nervous going into the game, just not knowing exactly what to expect from the guys after that pause. But uh you know, they couldn't have answered uh, that question any better. When did you find out you'd have everybody available for this game? Today. Today. I mean, the testing kind of continued throughout the days. So uh, we were talking about it in the locker room. Um, I don't remember what day it was, but there was one day where we were uh, preparing to go stand in a 2-3 zone with seven people up in Air Force, not knowing. And then things changed and we weren't able to play the game. And... Uh, so the guys adjusted, though. We had more guys go in, a couple come out. It was a little bit of a revolving door, but the testing continued, and then uh, it, it was a little bit of a weird feeling. Kind of went from, you know, what, what's going on? How many are we going to have? What are we going to do? When's the next time we're going to play? To almost just like everybody there and the, what felt like the snap of a finger. So, Yeah, and I'm sure when New Mexico saw the entire UNLV team out there, they're probably like, oh, boy. Like, we our fighting chance here was – we had a little bit of hope if their roster was short, like ours, but that wasn't the case. And uh, Royce Ham, I think, was one of the last guys who actually was able to test back in to eligibility, and he finished with his fifth double-double of the season. It was interesting. Uh, Bischoff actually tweeted, it would appear that Kevin Kruger may have over-exaggerated his team's potential issues with COVID for this game. Candy, do you think Kevin Kruger was lying the entire time? I think lying and over-exaggerated have enough room in there that you might not be able to drive a truck through it, but you certainly can see some daylight. Do you uh, think he over-exaggerated? Do you think he sandbagged? By the way, 
everyone in the media session had an opportunity to ask that question that was not asked. So Kevin Kruger or Carlin Hartman will be with us on Friday uh, live at the Thomas and Max. So we will ask one of them outright, did you over-exaggerate? Was it entirely possible that they go into that game with seven players? Yes. They don't know. They don't know. If they just had on Saturday a lack of availability that cost them the ability to play a game, then how does Kevin Kruger know who he's going to have? Now, does he know the protocols well enough to know that there is a possibility that he gets all of his players back in time for the game? Of course, the Mountain West changed the rules, just like everybody's changing the rules right now. You know the rules, but any coach who's not using this, what is an imposition on everything they're trying to do, if you're not using this as a little bit of sandbagging, <laughs> if you're not using this a little bit to your advantage, yeah. why not? You have to. You're already being disadvantaged to the point where you can't have the kids on the court for God only knows how long. So why not? Why not stretch it out a little bit? I'm not saying that he lied. I don't think that he lied. But use the uncertainty to your advantage in a situation where you have nothing but uncertainty. We'll get into uh, the nuts and bolts of the game. It's interesting, Candy. One of the New, Me uh, New Mexico media members was asking me about the roster about the Rebels roster, and the person said, wow, it really appears, you know, as opposed to Richard Pitino, who recruited a lot of young guys who he can build a program around, like Jalen House and Mashburn, that Kruger and company recruited kind of an older team of transfers. You know, do they really have any building blocks? And I, I looked at the person, and I was like, well, I, I think Donovan Williams potentially can be a building block. Biggest thing for him is consistency and also making sure he stays on the floor playing defense. I'm not saying I was clairvoyant. It was based on what I've seen in recent weeks. He was really good. He was really good. And I think the idea that the media member that you spoke with put out there is antiquated garbage, quite honestly. There is no more building block, especially in basketball. You don't get a that you assume will be there for more than, what, at max two years? Especially if you're at a mid-major. If you're right here in the group of five, you have to assume that if you have a player who puts up an elite season, he's getting poached by one of the big boys. <laughs> there is no more building block. It's, 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 it's crazy. Not, it's you a concept do, that doesn't exist. You don't. Go ahead, Candy. Keep going. No, that's it. That, 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 that's it. I, I have finished my impassioned rant about the idea of one and done used to be a pejorative. One and done is just reality now. Yeah, Williams last night, super efficient, finished with 29. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts. Only on Cofield & Company. we got some good legal stories to get to with uh, Justin Watkins here in just a couple minutes. But Justin is a true local. He's a big sports fan uh, in and out of the market and Justin does have season tickets to VGK he was one of the original 75 he essentially uh, uh, along with Bill Foley uh, locked in really helped the effort to get the Golden Knights to Las Vegas all right so give me your vibe right now because it's a really weird time um, we got cancellations all over the place so the schedule is all disjointed with VGK um, they haven't been winning consistently uh, scrapped out a couple of points here and there 
by going to overtime. Um, and yet, you know, really a story is Justin kind of waiting for him to get healthy and also uh, when you can start putting Jack Eichel into the mix. Uh, yeah, I'm not worried at all. I thought I thought last night they actually dominated the game, uh, at least for for 40 of the 60 minutes. Uh, you know, they they looked really good for a team that had seven of its starters out, and that's not even including Eichel. So when you when you have that kind of turnover, and I know everybody's dealing with the COVID stuff and the injuries and all that, but uh, I've seen some some data on that, and VGK has missed more games from starters multiple of two to the next highest team in the league. So, I mean, we were really outpacing everybody in the league as far as missed games, whether it's COVID or, or, or injuries. So I thought that they played a great game last night. Uh, I'm glad they at least got out of there with a point. I was a little worried when they're down three to one. Uh, I thought the goaltending could have been a, a, a little bit tighter. Maybe one of those goals would, could have come back. Um, and we would have, would have won the game. Um, I thought I actually thought Leonard was great though in the shootout. I mean, yeah, they did score one, but I th I thought he did great there. Uh, I don't think our shooters uh, did any favors for us in, in the shootout, but um, I'm not worried at all. I, I think I think they're in a good position. Uh, these slips here and there, I think uh, you know they're in a little bit of a rough patch, and it's understandable because of injuries, and they're still escaping some of these games with some points. So uh, I think it's all going to come together uh, before the end of the year. So with that theme in mind, uh, last night Pete DeBoer had a walk-off at the end of the press conference. He got annoyed. Um, one of the media members asked him about, hey, where's the, the success at home? What's going on here? And he'd explain multiple times that, hey, we're shorthanded. What do you think? Does he have a reason to be irked when people are pushing for more, you know, more success, more wins at home? No, I don't. I mean, I, I, I'm not the type of person that's going to be irked by questions. Um, so I, I don't know. I didn't watch the press conference. I don't know how many times he's been asked, if it's been repetitive, if it's been over and over again, and maybe that's why he got a little frustrated. I don't know. But, um, I mean, certainly we have not played well at home in comparison to other years, and our road record is you know stellar by comparison. But that just kind of ignores the fact that, you know, we've played more games at home and more of our injured missed time has been at home than away. And so if you just ignore that, yeah, it doesn't look good. But that's a pretty dang big reason why, well, you know, we're not picking up some of these wins. So, I, you know what, uh, I, I think they're fine. I think everything's going to be fine. Uh, and I even think uh, because of the way the Pacific's rolling along, I, I still think even if we have this rough, rough patch extends some more, uh, I still think we'll be at the top of the Pacific by the end. Justin, you were out there on Saturday night for Marc-Andre Fleury's return with Chicago. As a VGK lifer, happier that Marc-Andre Fleury gets the win, or would you have rather seen the Golden Knights win? Oh, of course the Golden Knights. Yeah, no, forget the, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love the, oh, of course, because that wasn't the case, though. There were a lot of people out there, I think, were willing to sacrifice the game. I don't know about that. I mean, I'll, I'm going to say I took the temperature, you know, in the room. And, of course, heading into the arena, there was by far way more flurry jerseys than I've ever seen before. No doubt about it. Not even arguable. But they gave him a nice ovation. I, you know, I clapped when he was there. Okay, fine. Nice ovation when they did, when they did the video. But I, did nev I never got the sense that when he made a stop in that game, that there were VGK fans cheering for Flurry to have made that stop. It did not happen. Now, at the end of the game, when he saluted the crowd after he won, 
a ton of people stayed and cheered for him. No doubt about that too. But I don't think that I don't think those two correlate. I don't think that had that meant that they were cheering for him during the game. I didn't get that vibe at all. Justin Watkins, our legal insider. All right, let's get to some legal news locally first. Do we have a, another break in the Zion Collins case? Well, we always said at the very beginning that the the one leg that Zion Collins' attorneys had to stand on was that the test for impairment for marijuana use was suspect in a lot of legal scholars' minds and scientific minds and had never been challenged. And I think you'll remember a couple of years ago when this first came up, I said, this might be the case that challenges that. So that has always been in the fold that they were absolutely going to challenge whether or not Collins was impaired at the time of the accident. Now the, or collision, I should say. Now the second prong of, in which they're asking for relief from the Nevada Supreme court is that, they went to grand jury on this and the grand jury did not indict on both counts. Not the, they did on the reckless driving, but not on the DUI. And what his attorneys are saying is you went to the grand jury, you chose to impanel a grand jury. The grand jury told you which charges to come with. And then you ignored the grand jury and just came with both charges. You shouldn't be permitted to do that. Um, they are allowed to ignore the grand jury, but there are circumstances in which some courts have said that you must listen to the grand jury. And those vary from state to state. Nevada's never weighed in on the situation. So again, it's, a, it's an opportunity of first impression on Nevada Supreme Court. And I am going to suspect that they will hear this case and they will, they will rule on both of those issues. Justin, I know we've covered this to some degree in the past, but since we're talking about it again, for those who might not understand, I'm sure that the same way people across the country heard, oh yeah, the Supreme Court made sports betting legal. You can be you can bet on sports anywhere, right? Well, no, that's not really the way that it works. Uh, marijuana's legal in Nevada, right? So, you know, it's, it's legal wherever, right? Obviously not when it comes to driving. What are the distinctions to be made when it comes to having it in the car, versus impairment uh, and how else you might be affected by marijuana when it comes to driving. Right. Well, first off, you can't use it in public. Uh, you can't use it in your car while you're driving. Um, you know, possession isn't unlimited. We know that we you got up to an ounce. And if you smoke marijuana, you are taking the risk or use marijuana in any form. It doesn't have to be smoking uh, and drive within I don't know who knows the right amount of time. It depends on your amount of use and frequency of use. You may be a love above the legal limit for THC in your blood supply. And now there's tons, like I said, of legal scholars and scientists that say it's a completely arbitrary test. It has no bearing on whether somebody is impaired at the time they are driving. All it tells you is that at some time recently, they have used marijuana, but if they are a daily user, it will, you know, have you, the person will have higher levels, even if they are not impaired at the time of driving, or if they've never used it before, and this is the first time it may be accurate. And that is really the basis for the challenge. And I think 
if, I, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to say the Supreme Court says that that test is unreliable, um, that uh, it is the number that they picked, which was 0.2 nanograms, is completely arbitrary because that was the low, at the time that they first devised the test, was the lowest measurable content. So it was based on what they could find, not necessarily what they could correlate to impairment. And I think that that history of that test is is going to come back. Uh, it's going to be important for the Supreme Court to to analyze. If if I'm a sitting justice on the Supreme Court, you know what? I, I I don't think they have the evidence to show that that test correlates to impairment at the time, and and it would be thrown out. Justin Watkins, our legal insider. He hangs on with us. 570-9000 is the number to call Battleborn. Injury lawyers on the way back. Let's get into what's going on with uh, Novak Djokovic and Australia and vaccinations and bans. And I don't know what the hell is going to happen, but people are getting really worked up. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today. The first I heard of this guy is that he doesn't want to get his vaccine and he's running around. Nobody's clear what his stat. They should throw him right the f*** out of tennis. Stay away from other people. You can infect other people. Stay home because you don't want it. Well, that's like saying smoking is a private decision. Well, that's true. But don't smoke in my face, f*** nut. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. Well, the Vax discussion has been going on in this country for a long time, and it's still going on. And that was Howard Stern, Robin, discussing Djokovic and Australia, and this thing has gone round and round, Justin Watkins. What should happen here? Uh, Frankly, are the Australians being a little too heavy-handed with this, or is Djokovic a multiple-time liar when it comes to his... Well, we know his status, but in terms of at least following the the minimum of rules. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, they have a technicality on him in that his paperwork was inaccurate, um, disclosing whether or not he traveled internationally. And it really, he already had a medical exemption based on the fact that he had already had COVID and recovered. And apparently that's a recognized medical exemption um, for travel to Australia. So, you know, once the technicality is corrected, you know, and and they are aware of his international travel, the question would would typically become, well, then is he good to go? But in that process, what they found out is not only, you know, did he receive positive results, he had the results, knew about them, and then went out to photo shoots and started surrounding himself with people. And, and now he's saying, well, People were socially distanced and they were wearing masks, so it was fine. Um, to which my response would say, okay, did you notify them that you were positive? Like, it was fine from your perspective. Do you think it was fine from their perspective? Uh, you know, if everybody knows what's what going in, then, hey, I- I'm with you on the decision. Okay, everybody knew I was positive. They wanted to do the shoot anyway. And they stayed. They kept their distance. Okay. Um, so I... I think it depends on what you're you're trying to accomplish if you're Australia. I think you got them. You've got them on technicality, so you can kind of choose to do what you want. Uh, and it's about what kind of behavior do you want to encourage. If you want to encourage full compliance and full transparency and honesty with, with all the visa applications that come in, then you probably hammer them. Um, 
it it it, it all depends on, on what your response is going to be. So I, I don't know that they're being too heavy-handed, uh, depending on what their ultimate goal is. I'm going to ask you the dumb question, Justin, um, which is maybe not different than what I do normally. But uh, when you are looking at this situation and Novak Djokovic has the exemption because he recently had COVID, in this country, could people who want to get an exemption from the vaccine deliberately try to contract COVID? Well, it's going to depend on what each individual vaccination requirement is. Remember, we don't have any federal vaccine requirement other than if you're on a federal contract, right? So you could travel the U.S. and you don't have to be vaccinated, and that's not one of the requirements. So the question is, um, who's requiring the vaccine and what rules have they set up? Because there is no law that's in place that's going to require, um, you know, let's say let's say I do it for my place of business. I haven't, but let's say I did and said, you must be vaccinated. I will recognize medical and religious exemptions. And their medical exemption is I've had COVID. Uh, you know, if I ha- were creating protocol and I'm just throwing this off the cuff, my rule would be something like, cool. After 90 days, you need to get the vaccine, right? You, you getting COVID doesn't last forever, at least according to the CDC, right? Um, so that, you know, I, they can make rules that are associated with that sort of exemption. And maybe that exemption is temporary rather than permanent. Uh, but apparently it was one of the rules for a temporary tra- travel visa in Australia. And I, I was just kind of blown away by this because Australia has been so strict on everything within their country because it felt to me like, hold on a second, you can get in by saying I have antibodies from recently having had COVID, which just feels kind of patently irresponsible to the whole concept in the first place. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Well, I mean, remember, it's not a permanent visa, right? It's a temporary right. no, I visa. I so, I mean, if you, if you had that rule and then you have somebody who, <laughs> who had COVID, they're just not allowed to come. Um, you know, even though their wherever their home country is, is probably going to recommend that they not get the vaccine until sometime after their antibodies are down. Right. So uh, I think the CDC recommends that you wait three months until after you've had COVID before you get a vaccine. So I, I think you put some people in between a rock and a hard place, even if they're trying to act responsibly. Justin Watkins with us here. Uh, let's close on a couple of notes. First of all, there's some breaking news on the COVID front. Um, well, I'm going to take you on a journey here. I'll just I'll say simply before I explain the situation further later on in the show that UNLV had a trip scheduled to go play at San Diego State. That game was coming up on Tuesday, the 18th. That game has now been postponed in its place will be a rescheduled game. But the rescheduled game will be on this Monday, January 17th. UNLV will instead go at San Jose State. Again, Monday game at 6 o'clock. San Jose State now for the Rebels on the road. Um, locally, Justin, hey, you're the resident parent on this show. So what are your thoughts on what Clark County School District is doing because of staffing shortages and COVID, and now they've got a pause? Yeah, so first off, I want to say on this, you know, the, the headlines say five-day pause. Stop that. It is not a five-day pause. For many of the schools in the Clark County School District, this is one day off because Friday was an in-service day. Saturday, Sunday are weekends. Monday's a holiday, so they're taking Tuesday off. 
For other schools in the school district, it is two days off. They're adding Friday and Tuesday to an already existing three-day weekend. So they're not taking five days off and doing a five-day pause. So the, the, I think the headlines have got everybody, you know, flipped out about what this really is. And, you know, what are you supposed to do? If, if you're the Clark County School District and you don't have enough people reporting, you certainly don't want to bend the rules or change the rules to make it easier for people who are still positive to come back to work with children. So, you know, it seems like a great weekend to do it, um, that you do have the classes empty for five straight days. Um, and hopefully with the new CDC guidelines, you know, and where our numbers are at, the daily numbers can't seem to go much higher than they currently are. You would suspect that the vast majority of your employees and staff are going to have it, have had it recently, or we're about to get it in the next couple of days. Uh, and hopefully you can push through that and by Wednesday be, you know, be back in business. Crazy times. We thought they were done. Crazy times. They're still here. Justin, appreciate it. Thank you so much. 5709000 is the number for Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Have a good week. Actually, you know what? I'm going to talk to you tonight. We're going to do our legal podcast tonight, 9 o'clock. Justin will be in along with Judge Dan from Denver. Lots more legal issues to get to up on uh, Twitter, at Steve Cofield and on YouTube. Justin, thank you. All right. Thanks, boys. See you tonight. Four o'clock hour is on the way. We're going to talk to football insider, former UNLV quarterback Caleb Herring. We'll talk about the Carr versus Herbert performance. Look ahead to Derek Carr against, uh, I almost forgot his name, uh, Joe Burrow, as uh, the Bengals are on the way for the Raiders and uh, certainly get into his quarterback expertise when it comes to uh, what Georgia did, winning a national title with a walk-on. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today.